Well, we have such a treat today. My mom used to say, this is a treat. Well, we have a treat today. Lorena Jack is going to minister the word to us. Praise God. Uh, you know, if I were in a circle at a retreat, you know, and you would go around and go, hey, what are, Glenn, what, do you, what words would you do, use to describe Lorena? I, immediately, three words, three thoughts came in my head. She has holy passion, zeal, and diligence. And uh, she works at a digital agency in East Austin by day. I don't know what that is. It's over my pay grade. But, uh, but uh, as I've gotten to know her over the last few years, I, uh, it's become clear to me that she has a huge heart for the church and a great desire to equip the body of Christ through the word of God and through the wisdom that God releases through her. And uh, a few months back, I felt since the Holy Spirit put on my heart to ask her if she would minister the word to us, because um, I really believe that she has something that she carries that we need, that we need to be released to us. Romans 1.11 in the Passion Translation says, I yearn to come and be face to face with you and get to know you. It's Paul writing. For I long to impart to you the gift of the Spirit that will empower you to stand strong in your faith. So there's a release today to empower us to stand strong in our faith. So let's open our hearts and receive all God has for us through his beloved servant, Lorena. Come on. Thank you, Pastor Glenn. Thank you for Yeah, on that note, Pastor Glenn was like, I think this was back in like November. He's like, so do you want to give a word one Sunday? And I was like, yes. <laughs> my breath was like, that was my hesitation. I'm like, I'm just going to stay in the hesitation. I'm going to press forward into my yes. So um, as I'm pulling things up here, uh, do we have notes today that we're going to pass out? Or are we, it's okay if we don't. <laughs> it's okay if we do. we don't have to it's it's fine um <laughs> there's there's quite a bit um so i think the most important thing is if uh if all of us leave with the notes um cuz there's a lot that i probably won't get to in those today but if you want to dig deeper this next week and the weeks to come into the word that i'm going to be releasing today then yes feel empowered to do that okay why is my computer not opening up hold on There we go. <laughs> I was using the wrong password, so here we are. <laughs> um, I just want to say as I um, just continue the flow of what we had during worship today, um, I want to be speaking about unity and reconciliation today. So what better picture than for the Lord to open up the altar today for us to be reconciled ultimately to him? So that that reconciliation, as Pastor Glenn always says, it's this first, this vertical relationship with him so that we can then be reconciled with each other in the horizontal relationships with family, friends, church community, coworkers, all of that. So I just think the Lord just set this up so perfectly. Um, so just to give everybody a bit of an overview um, as I jump in so you can have some uh, little road marks as we go through, uh, I want to talk about the need for unity in the current landscape of our culture today. 
um, and, and kind of lay that out and then to describe what unity is in a, I think, a deeper way than maybe some of us have heard before, which will be great. Um, and then lastly, how do we create unity? So the application will be uh, pretty practical um, so that we can walk this out in our families and here in our church body. So yeah, just talking about the the landscape of our current culture, you know, as we look around with politics and we, you know, look around at the current, um, you know, just the church has been splintering into different denominations and even in our families, right, we all have relationships that might need a little TLC (laughs) in our families, like just, I'm just going to get real, uh, if y'all allow me to do that this morning. we are in need of unity and reconciliation in so many areas. And, um, you know, as something that Sloan said in a previous prayer set a couple of weeks ago is our job is to be the body of Christ and to prepare ourselves as the bride for his return. And so as I'm talking about unity today, it's in that greater context of how do we prepare ourselves for the Lord's return? And I believe he wants to come back for a bride that is fully unified and fully free and not drugged down by any division or wounds of the heart. Um, And so, yeah, this note of uh, unity, it's all about the ministry of reconciliation that Jesus gave us. I want to read a couple of scriptures. Uh, The first one is from Ephesians 1.10, and it says, And this is the plan, at the right time, which is the return of the Lord that we're all eagerly hoping for, uh, when he comes back to set up his throne in Jerusalem, is that he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. And that includes our relationships. That includes how we interact with each other as the body of Christ. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, which those of you, like Nate said, have professed and believe that Jesus died for you, died to uh, set you free from your sin and rescue him to be one with him for eternity, then the new creation has come. You are a new creation. The old has gone. The new is here. And all is from God who reconciled to us, us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself and Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And it goes on, therefore, we would be ambassadors uh, for him of this ministry of reconciliation. And so um, I now want to shift to talking about, well, what is unity? What is this, this connectedness, this spirit of being one? And uh, just as we were in another um, prayer set on Thursday, I believe it was Pastor Glenn who was like, hey, let's toss in Psalm 133 as we want to be one together. And just the beginning of that is how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured out on the head, and it's running down the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes, and it is as the dew of Hermon, as it were falling on Mount Zion, for the Lord bestows his blessing, which we'll get to that in a little bit, and even life forevermore. And so the Lord is really uh, committed to unity and seeing that established in our relationships. And so um, some of the revelation that the Lord's been speaking to me about is that unity exists when we choose oneness with someone while still allowing them to be fully themselves. So unity is not making somebody else the same as me so that we can think the same thing or act the same way. It is allowing for the diversity of God's creation hidden in each one of us as living stones 
to be fully together, but yet diverse, to be the likeness of God. You know, we, we are alike in some ways, but to also be unique as he has made us. And I think that that requires a deeper love and a deeper maturity than what the world shows us in culture. Culture says, oh, well, you've got to be in my life stage. We've got to have this group together where we're walking through the same thing together. Even, you know, in some church organizations, it's like young adults are all together. And then, you know, we've got like married people all together and then families all together and their kids, you know, like, and that's not bad. But I'm just saying there's an invitation to go deeper than that. There's an invitation to be connected and one across our differences as we value them together. So I want to pull something from a book that has really impacted me and Micah and a few others that I've talked about this with. But the book is called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It's a pretty thick read, I must be honest. It's very meaty, um, but it's by Peter Scazzaro. And he talks about the power of the I-thou relationship. And he compares that to an I-it relationship, whereas if I'm relating to somebody and I see them as an it, I objectify them. I don't respect them. I don't value them. I'm using them for my own gain. Whereas an I-thou relationship, you see the holiness and the beauty and the uniqueness that God has put in that person, and it's a holy reverence in which you approach other people. So he says that in such relationship, we recognize that we are made in the image of God, and so is every other person on earth, whether they're saved or pre-believers yet to be saved. Uh, This makes them a thou to me. Because of that reality, every person deserves respect. So as Pastor Glenn has preached on before, as we talk about our government and our country, every person deserves that dignity. Um, And that is, I treat them with dignity and worth. Um, I do not dehumanize or objectify them. I affirm them as having a unique and separate existence apart from me. Again, so I'm not trying to make somebody the same to pull them into be just like myself so I can connect with them, but I'm allowing them to be separate from me. And he says, though you are different from me, you are a you or a thou, I still respect and love and value you, which I'll talk more about that here in a little bit. And that true relationships can only exist between two people willing to connect across those differences. And God fills that in-between space of the... ...thou relationship. When genuine love is released, God's presence is actually manifest. So Sloan, if you'll go to the next slide, um, there's, uh, I think this, yeah, this is the one with the depiction. And if you read this book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, you'll see this kind of midway through. But he talks about how, like to describe this I-thou relationship, you've got your world, so Lorena right here. (laughs) And then let's say, you know, someone was, you know, I'm relating to a friend of mine, their world. So my world, your world. And then in between that is the sacred space. So to be emotionally mature, (laughs) which is part of our spiritual maturity as well, we allow someone to be fully separate from us and connect with them across our differences. As we love them, we respect them, and we value them. And so I want to just talk here to, um, I mentioned a scripture, Galatians 3, 26 through 28, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. That is another thing that unifies us is our faith. 
And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There's no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And I would just believe that scripture is just a beautiful just picture of, of how we can really connect oneness and spirit first instead of just relating out of the flesh and just looking for our similarities and the ways that we can even mentally agree, although those are important things, but first creating that spiritual connection with each other. Um, so something that I wanted to share, um, and this will be in the notes too, so if you want to get the notes on the way out, uh, you'll have this to take with you. But one of my mentors, mentors, her name is Cheryl Davis. Um, we talk a lot about oneness and unity quite a bit, and so I was like, oh, I got to just pull in some of her stuff because it'll blow all of our minds. <laughs> um, but she says, and I've, I've got these here, but I'll, I'll go ahead and read it. Um, she says that we all want to be special and different. We want to stand out, to have our own personality and our expression, our own calling and value, but yet at the same time, we also crave things in common with others and with God. We love it so much when someone gets us or when they know us. There's a longing to be truly known in our differences, and yet we can shed more light on this by using the word likeness, right? So we all are made in God's likeness and image, and we all have certain likeness to one another. So we are both unique and alike. And then she goes on to say, once you have this kind of bondedness with God and with one another, an unbreakable assurance of oneness. That's the thing. And just a little side note here. Um, this another, yeah. God is a God of assurance. He uh, is, as he says in scripture, you know, in the Old Testament, like, I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you. God is a God of assurance. Yes, he's in control, but how he does that is he assures us that he'll never leave us or never forsake us. So how we can create oneness with others is to assure them that, hey, no matter what your differences are from me, I'm not going to let that separate us. I'm not going to reject you because you think differently than me. Anyways, coming back now. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's this unbreakable assurance of oneness. Then the differences and varied expressions can flourish. That's where we truly can have a body of Christ that is so different. Um, th and then this is really cool too. She says, the differences will always challenge the bond of oneness. So don't be afraid of the testing. Don't be afraid of the conflict and the differences. I know for me, like, sometimes I'm, like, kind of afraid, like, oh, are you still going to, like, be here if I think differently than you? You know, and I'll want to, like, shrink back. But no, like, the fullness of who each of us are is deserving of coming out and connecting with one another so that we can explore that deeper bond together. Um, so she says, um, if our choice is to be separate because we don't like the differences we face, that is division. If we are divided, the bride of Christ does not have a healthy way of expression. We are stifled, if it were. In union or oneness or unity, the church and our families are powerful, beautiful, multifaceted, and expansive. That's how the church actually expands. We can be fully who we are and how we are. In oneness, we have a full expression because we do it in such a way as so to love one another as ourselves. Um, so kind of laying that groundwork for, you know, what is unity? It's creating oneness across our differences. It's allowing for that I-thou relationship where I see somebody as separate from me, but yet I want to connect across those differences, across that chasm, so that space becomes sacred with the Lord. 
So now shifting as to, okay, well, how do we build this? How do we create unity? How do we build this connection and this oneness with each other? Um, something that I want to share is actually a part of my testimony uh, growing up. Um, so I think I was probably maybe eight or nine years old. I'm looking at my parents like with a question mark. Um, <laughs> it was around that time. I, I know I got saved when I was seven, and then it was sometime after that. But the, um, the Bible church that we went to when I was growing up, um, I, I didn't really like going to kids' church, but I think it's because, like, they just played games all the time, and I'm not, like, a big game person. <laughs> um, and so my parents were like, well, okay, Rena, like, you can have the choice. Like, do you want to go to kids' church, or do you want to just sit in the back of our adult Bible study fellowship class? And I was like, I was in the back with you guys. Like, I'm curious to hear what y'all are saying as, like, an eight- or nine-year-old. So, so I'm sitting in the back of class, and at that time, it was a group of probably, I don't know, 10, 15 couples, something like that. They were going through two books. One is called The Blessing, and the other is called The Tribute. And some of you may have read them. They're a little bit older. Um, but anyway, so in that time, they were challenging each person to write a tribute to their parents, which to break down what a tribute is, is it something that is either a written letter or it can be something that incorporates photos, kind of like what Pastor Glenn was talking about a few weeks ago, memorial stones, where you've got these, these things that show and demonstrate God's faithfulness. So it's some kind of, yeah, tangible thing that you can gift somebody. Um, but it's it's the word... Um, that you want to give to honor them, to thank them for the investment that, that your parents, that they have made into your lives. And so they were all challenged with this assignment. And my mom, who um, I don't know if many of you may or may not know this, but she doesn't really like getting in front of people, public speaking, which is okay. Um, but what was so powerful for me is she stood up there with so much courage and she's holding her tribute that she designed, which by the way, I have a little station over here if you want to look at them later. Um, got a little trib the tribute that she did. It's that long rectangular piece. So she was holding that up. And with tears in her eyes shaking, she read this thing. And I kid you not, y'all, the whole room, every heart was broken wide open. Because it's the words through, an, through a tribute or a blessing. It's those words that we all long to hear as men and women of God, we all long to be affirmed, to be valued, to be loved and respected. And that just marked me as a young girl. I was like, whoa, God, you really care about this. You really care about celebrating your creation. You care about honoring people. And just since then, it's been something that I just, I carry and I just live in that flow. I'm, whether it's giving gifts or creating experiences for people, whatever way I can to honor others. And so when Pastor Glenn asked like, yeah, do you want to, you want to preach? And I just kept asking the Lord, like, what unique word do you have? And he's like, it's already inside of you, Lorena, like just release this part that, that I've given you to carry. And so that's what I feel led to just talk through even more this morning, um, and, and I really believe, you know, as we just talked about that I-thou relationship, it's doing a blessing or a tribute is a practical way that you can demonstrate that love and that respect and that honor and that value to someone else. So you actually have a practical, you know, tool to do that as you allow for this sacred space to be between you and every other person that you relate to. 
And so I want to just give a little context, and then I'll actually talk through how to create a blessing or create a tribute. Um, So it goes all the way back to the covenants in the Old Testament, where God made a covenant with Abram first, but then he was renamed Abraham, and and God blessed him. In Genesis 12, 1 through 3, the Lord said to Abram, Go to your country, your people, and your father's household, to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses, I will curse. And all people on the earth will be blessed by you. So to break down what a blessing is, before we learn how to actually create one, is that a blessing is both spiritual in nature and it's personal. It's incredibly personal. Uh, It being spiritual in nature is the fact that God gave this blessing to Abraham. It was something that he actually walked in and carried that, and the Lord signified him out as unique for carrying what eventually would be the seed leading all the way up to the Messiah. And now... um, you know, that being spiritual in nature, it's been that seed, that blessing has been passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation. Through now, we can introduce people to Christ and they receive that blessing. It's the ultimate blessing. But it doesn't just go this way, right? The reconciliation of relationship this way, it's also horizontally. And so, yes, we bless the Lord, we magnify the Lord in worship, and we minister to his heart. But how can we do that in a deeper way with our relationships and our families and with our friendships and even in our church body here? So that's how it's spiritual in nature. And then how it is uh, personal in nature, a blessing is personal, um, is I just think back to, so we've got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? So when Isaac was blessing Jacob instead of Esau, Esau was the older son. He should have gotten the blessing, (laughs) you know? Um, Well, on that note, Esau, his heart groaned because as Isaac released those words of affirmation and value to Jacob, Esau was like, oh. I long to hear that. I need to hear that from my father. And I believe that we all long to hear that. Similar to Esau, we all long to hear those words of love and affirmation and respect and value, especially from our parents, but it can be from spiritual mothers and fathers. It can be from mentors, guardians, others that are you're walking with in your life, but we all long to hear that. So that's how a blessing is personal in nature as well as it being spiritual. So, uh, you know, as I'm concluding this, it's like, okay, what are we building? You know, I, I have such a passion for what I like to call cross, uh, what is it? Yeah, cross-generational pollination. I'm like super like thinker here. But basically to break that down is that I love to see relationships happening across generations. I love it that one of my spiritual fathers, Papa Bill, is here this morning. And he's, you know, in his 70s and I'm in my 20s. And we have such deep relationship. And like I want that for our whole body to experience connection across our differences, across the generational gaps. Um, and it goes back to Malachi 4, 6, where he will turn the hearts of parents to their children and the hearts of children to their parents. And so I, I just see kind of like in the spirit, this picture, I can't really do it with the mic in my hand, but if you picture like a circle with me, okay? So the first part of the circle here, you've got the blessing, releasing those, lo- those words of love, respect, value from parents, mothers and fathers, whether it's spiritual, natural, it all works. 
going to the children. But then you have the continuation of that circle where the sons and daughters are giving tribute or they're giving honor back up to their parents. And I believe this kind of unity, this connecting circle is what the Lord wants to see in our relationships. Um, So on that note, this really cool quote, um, before I talk about the blessing here uh, and how to actually create one, um, is from the book, The Blessing. And it's um, this quote from... Um, down around the time of Jesus' birth, it's this quote from Rabbi Ben, Jesus Ben Sirach, and he says, the blessing of the father, it builds the houses, and the blessing of the mother fills them with good things. So the blessing of the father builds the houses, and the blessing of the mother fills them with good things. To me, that speaks that every man and woman has a role in this whether it's going up generations or down generations, whether it's your natural family or spiritual family. It all works, and it's all needed. And so to demonstrate this, um, I would love to have my dad go ahead and come on up here. Um, So I have (laughs) my daddy. (laughs) Um, Okay, so this is, I'll just show y'all, because I believe a practical example is really powerful to drive this home, okay? So this is what the, the blessing was that my parents created for me. Now, not, it doesn't always have to look like this. Like, my mom's a graphic designer, okay? Like, <laughs> she, she loves to do photo spreads. But they chose this way. This was 10 years ago when I graduated from high school. So it was, like, after my graduation ceremony, we came back home. We were in the living room. My dad was like, hey, we're all going to sit down as family. And he, he and my mom read this blessing over me. And so... I just want to give you a little snippet. I'd love for my dad to read a couple pieces over me just so you can see how this is relayed. This was kind of sprung on me, but I... I told him last night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I want to say that, you know, God is the blessing, and he wants to bless. He's given us his blessing that we might be a vehicle to bless others. And so it's real powerful to kind of live into that. Um, so I'll, I'll just read a couple paragraphs. The, the first one here, Lorena, you're an, and I will say this, um, it's about calling out the golden people. Um, looking for the good, you know, we're all imperfect. And so you let some of the things that aren't perfect fade away and you look for all the good. And so, um, and that's what we did here with Lorena. Lorena, what an incredible gift from God you are to us. From your birth, you have been a bundle of joy. Even as a baby, you had deep, a deep rolling laugh. We knew you would be an alto. She's a <laughs> choral singer, so. Uh, we were happy, you were a happy baby, chubby and cute during your infant year. As you grew through the toddler stage, you became curious and articulate. Articulate. You were always focused, playing intently. This, the, all this, this all occurred living in Spring Branch at 4015 Aruba Drive next to the Hubinax, who would later introduce us to Big Bend National Park in West Texas. So, you know, that's making it personal, you know, uh, the connection. 
Um, I'm going to drop down. Oh, yeah, I will say there's a lot more kind of context like that, but just for time, we're going to do pieces of it. Yeah, I'm going to skip down. Um, a significant moment occurred at the age of seven, sitting on our back porch with daddy when you asked Jesus Christ into your heart. Jesus has continued to shine in your life as you have journeyed to graduation and matured in your faith. That was a very incredible time that God blessed me, being father of Lorena. I added that. Um, and the, towards the end of the blessing here, you also grew in your faith at Cypress Bible Church with mission trips to Mexico, Belize, and early exposure to good Bible teaching. You have grown into a beautiful creation in Christ. Through the trials, you have stood firm and lived out your faith. You have blessed and encouraged so many people. Lorena, you're, we are extremely proud of you. John 16, 33. I have told you this so that in me you may have peace. In this world you have trials, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Lorena, a new chapter of life is about to be written. Mom and Dad, along with the entire family, are proud of you proud of the young woman you have become. We are here to support and encourage you through college and as you live into the destiny God has planned for you. All our love. Amen. I'm a very blessed father. I have a wonderful son as well that I'm blessed with. And I just leave with you that um, uh, you can even, even, Rena may mention this, but in the blessing, even if you think about your parents or people that are important to you that maybe have gone home to the Lord, or you can still do a blessing, and it's good for your heart to honor people and your loved ones. Yeah, that's good, Dad. Thank you. Um, so I, I know here that we're about to wrap up, so maybe in a minute or two, Marissa, we, the band can come back up. Um, but those of you who want to take the notes with you, I the last page is where it gets really practical with this, is how you actually write something like this, like a blessing to give your children or spiritual children. I've done this for coworkers of mine, and they cry. Like, I mean, you can do it with anyone, so don't feel limited to it just being your natural family. It, it all works. Um, but the five pieces of a blessing are meaningful touch. So whether it's you giving them a hug, you putting your hand on, your, on their shoulder at some point and communicating this message. It's a spoken message. So it's not just something you write out and you give them. Actually declaring the word so that that reality is created is so key. The third piece is you attach high value. So when blessing somebody, you're like my dad said, you're talking about their redeeming qualities, the gold in them. You're calling that forth because we all have imperfections. No one needs to hear those again, <laughs> but it's what builds up and edifies that person. And the fourth thing is picturing a special future. Um, so, you know, using, picking out those gifts and abilities that that person has, calling those forth and, and prophesying that, that it will be used by God in the future to serve him and to serve others. And then lastly, this is the most important thing I feel like is an active commitment to back this up. So approaching this with some kind of like just a sobriety in our hearts that if you're going to give a blessing to somebody, be also thinking how you're going to back that up and be responsible to walk with that person. Because it's not just giving the word and then letting it go. 
and again, allowing division for whatever reason, you're actually creating that bond and that oneness when you release this blessing. Um, and then I won't go through this because I know we're uh, at time here, but um, so that's the blessing from parents to children, whether spiritually or naturally. Um, and then the coming back up is sons and daughters giving honor or giving a tribute to their spiritual mothers and fathers and natural fathers. Um, and I've created a couple things, but basically prepare your heart, ask the Lord how, God, like, how do you see them? Make a list of memories that you want to write down and, and talk to them about, and then write your tribute, um, expressing, you know, how you want to honor them, share what they did right, summarize your appreciation for your parents and the good that they have done and how they've influenced you. So that's how, when you give a blessing or you're giving a tribute, no matter which one it is, that's how we create this connection in our relationships. And so with that, I just want to transition to a a time of ministry here at the end. Um, So I'll invite all of us to stand. Um, uh, Lord, we just thank you for this word of unity, oneness, and connectedness. Lord, thank you that it's part of your heart to see the body truly be one, even in the midst of diversity, Lord. You are a diverse God. You have so many dimensions, Lord. So we want to reflect you in that way. We want to allow every part of the body, every one of us to be fully who we are and not try to change people to be more like ourselves in order to connect. God, I ask that you would just seal this word in our hearts today. And Lord, I ask that even whether it's now or over this week, Lord, I ask that you would put a name, at least one person in all of our minds or on all of our hearts of who we could give a blessing to or who we can honor through the gift of a tribute. Lord, I ask that you would stir our hearts to do that, Lord, because there's no time like now to declare that word and that the, that the connection would be formed in greater measures in between all of us. And Lord, we thank you that ultimately you are our best and good father. Lord, that this all comes from you, just like we saw with Abraham, you are the one who gave the blessing. It all starts with you. So Lord, as we transition to the song that you have for this time of ministry time, Lord, I ask that all of our hearts be open to receive you blessing us. and you releasing your love, your acceptance, your favor and value, incredible value on each of us, God, so that it comes from your heart and not just our own strength. Lord, we thank you for this morning and we bless you. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.